This is NFA Talk, the show that talks about guns and gun rights, keeping you up to date with what's currently going on, from the newest guns, promotions, and events, plus how we're lobbying for your rights. All right, just when you thought the Liberals couldn't go any further, here we go. Another amendment to C-21. Uh, we're going to talk about it tonight. I've got with me Rick Ickersidge, our president, Blair Hagen, our vice president, and our lobbyist, Charles Zatch. So, guys, let's get going. we got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Well, you know, it's been a busy few days for us, and <laughs> uh, and uh, it, uh, I think we probably should start with, uh, with the radical changes that... Uh, Liberals have made to Bill C C twenty one in the past few days. Uh, the biggest, well, you know, we can go back to the handgun freeze, but uh, beyond that, uh, the biggest is adding another four hundred and thirty uh, firearms to the list. Uh, basically, uh, center fire uh, hunting rifles and variants, which increases that number substantially. So uh, that's where we're at right now, and uh, you know, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna touch on everything we can tonight, Blair. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we, we want to also get into uh, some of the politics as, uh, of this as well. I know, Betty, I know right now everybody has uh, got the list as it stands today and, you know, and is frantically going through it to see, is my gun on a list? Is my gun on a list? You know, what guns are they targeting? What are they not targeting? That sort of thing. Uh, as we all know, we've had a chance to take a look at it. it it's a complete mess. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think what the liberals did here was a lot of cut and paste just to get this uh, out there in front of the committee and to get a lot of controversy going over it. And I know that's one, that's something we're going to be discussing tonight too. Why did they do this? We're going to explain it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so here we have this government that sold C-21 uh, in the first reading and the second reading with, you know, the handgun freeze, the the red flag laws and a whole bunch of other small uh, man, um, uh, parts to the bill. And then, you know, they find out going through talking with all the witnesses that, it, hey, this is this bill is really flawed and, and maybe they should pull it back. So things aren't going well in Ottawa for, uh, you know, the government with the Emergencies Act, with the uh, Nova Scotia shooting. There's a lot going on. So, of course, let's scapegoat the firearms owners and we have to do something about this bill because it looks really bad. So they drop this amendment, you know, G46, where it, it just, you know, like. It was nowhere close. They changed the scope of this whole bill, and they've already gone through first reading and second reading. And in the and right when we're in clause by clause, they drop G forty six. Like I don't know. I was well, <laughs> where where do they go when the heat's on the liberals? They go to firearms. Uh, Charles has actually been sitting in on the SECU committee meetings, and uh, you know he'll uh, he'll uh, give us some highlights of what's been going on there. Yeah, so um, I was there um, for two sessions, and I've been watching it, of course, up until now as well, too. And uh, you're right, this is, uh, you know, this is being railroaded through this SECI committee, which is liberal-dominated and supported by their ideologically motivated uh, counterparts in the bloc and the NDP. Uh, I was there Thursday, and they've only gone to the First Amendment, and the bloc basically declared that no matter what comes down the tube, they'll be voting for everything that comes down here, no matter what the motion is. So they're way ahead of the game. They're into this ideologically. They want to see all guns gone, as the liberals do. So, um, you know, that that's where it's going. But uh, there is hope. So, so Charles, when you, when you yes. said just the bloc, what, what, do you, what do you feel about the NDP? Like they're, they're going through it as well? Well, you know, it's interesting. I did. Ha- they, they are uh, supportive and I've, I've, um, I have uh, lobbied NDP in the past, and they understand, you know, the the flaw, you know, the premise of banning my guns and having an effect on crime control. They they don't understand it either. But of course, they're whipped to, you know, to understand the the party, uh, you know, message. And interesting enough, I had a nice little conversation with uh, the MP there, the NDP, uh, uh, and, and what's his name, McAllister, and. Uh, you know, I asked him outright, you know, do you believe that, you know, these measures are going to have an, a significant impact on homicide, domestic violence, um, suicide? And he went right into his canned messages. You know, you know, it was uh, he didn't have an answer. Right. But, uh, you know, I, and then I challenged him a couple of different times in a you know, diplomatic way, kind of questioning and, you know, Q&A manner. And I could see that, you know, 
he, he doesn't seem so committed to the idea per se, like Pam Damoff. She is, you know, she is passionate about the beliefs and the misinformation that she's made up here. And, but I don't get the same kind of sense from him. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? Well, I'd like to expand on that too. I, I, I know a lot of the people out there are really hitting their NDP MPs on this now, and the party is feeling it. Uh, there is a, a lot of uh, concern there. A lot of NDP ridings in this country are rural ridings uh, with a lot of firearms owners uh, who are affected uh, by this in a very, very detrimental, detri detrimental way. And uh, I got to say, you guys are doing the right thing because they need to be ha uh, held to account. And if, uh, you know, uh, they go forward with this, you need to hold them to account on Election Day as well. Make them listen to you. Uh, I, you know, a lot of times I am I'm so concerned uh, about uh the political activity of firearms owners. Whenever something like this happens, political activity is an absolute must. We look to give you direction on what you need to be doing. But what I'm seeing out there right now is uh, people are already doing it. They know what to do. Uh, it, you know, we, we will continue to do that. We will bring you up to, up to date on what's going on and the direction you need. But right now, I think uh, Canadians are doing the right thing uh, to show their opposition to, to these measures, and uh, we need to continue it. Uh, Christian yeah, Anderson asked, uh, there is hope explain, or uh, is there hope out there? Well, yeah, there, there is hope. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple directions here. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background right now to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, you know this le this legislation. There, you know, they're 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 looking at a lot of points in the legislation and the way it was put forward. This bill, and also, you know what, the big hope out there is get out and vote. Uh, you know, there's there's talk of an early election. Get out and vote and change this government. Let's get rid of these Trudeau liberals in there and their marriage made in hell with the NDP. You know that that's the big thing right out there right now. You know, but like I say, there is a lot of stuff going in the background, and uh, you know we're following it very very closely. And we'll keep you informed. And uh, yeah, we are we are involved in this stuff. There are a lot of errors and inconsistencies inconsistencies in this bill that do not stand up under scrutiny. And the conservatives are giving those a lot of scrutiny right now. We'll continue to do so. It frankly, it doesn't make any sense. I know uh, you know a lot of the reaction out there is this is insane. I mean, it's silly what they've done here. And if you look, try to look at it logically, it really is. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, the bill does not stand up under, under scrutiny. The OICs don't stand up under scrutiny. There's a lot of questions about how this affects the, the basic civil rights of Canadians, uh, their property. Um, and, you know, those they will be held to account. They'll have to answer those questions. It's not a, a fate of a, a accompli where all of a sudden, you know, they do something like a freeze or they pass a bill. And the next day uh, there's a cop on your doorstep going handed over. You know, it doesn't work that way. Um, there is a lot of stuff that has to happen uh, before uh, uh, any of this comes to fruition. And frankly, the logistics involved are really, really difficult for the liberals. Uh, Rick uh, kind of alluded to the fact that uh, uh, two things. Uh, why was this done? Uh, it was done for deflection. This government is under a great deal of pressure because of the Emergency Act hearings. Uh, they are not going well for the government. Uh, the government appears to have overreacted in imposing the Emergency Act on Canada, and they are taking a lot of heat on it. Also, there are uh, continuing controversies in, 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 in Parliament. Th this government's under a lot of pressure. Uh, they clearly have failed. Uh, they failed Canadians. They failed this government. They're failing our economy, and everybody knows that. They are getting hammered every day in Parliament, deservedly so, and they have to do something to take uh, the emphasis off of that. And there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, Rick uh, alluded to a potential early election, maybe as soon as the spring, and that is one part of it. Okay, the Liberals need something to take to their voters and go to the polls. But there's a couple of other things going on right now. And I think the first thing we need to uh, uh, get into here is the reaction they want to get from firearms owners right now. Uh, if you are watching the Emergency Act hearings, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on sort of uh, forming a narrative that the uh, Canadians who went to Ottawa uh, earlier this year were a bunch of racist bigots, homophobes, you know, every, you know, terrible thing under the sun. And the mainstream media is doing that, certainly. Uh, the government is doing that in, a, in an attempt to justify uh, their actions. 
Uh, it's not necessarily working, but that is their narrative. And if they can convince Canadians that that was the case, uh, they may uh, form some sort of basis for justification of that. Similarly, with what they did uh, with the uh, uh, expanding of the OIC and C21 is they want to get a reaction out of us. They want to get a reaction out of you out of you okay i know there's a lot of frustrated and angry people out there we talk to them every day uh but i think what we want to do here tonight is introduce a note of caution uh you may want to go on uh social media and the online forums and vent uh you know you may want to make cryptic remarks uh veiled threats don't do it because they are being monitored every gun form in canada uh is being monitored by by the rcmp including this one Okay. They're watching. They're watching. Yeah. Absolutely. And they want those reactions. Okay. <laughs> they want people. They want people to put those reactions out there so they can be investigated. They yeah. want to investigate people and uh, uh, basically have, you know, uh, a straw man to put up as why th these measures are uh, necessary and appropriate. Okay. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and to add to that, Blair, too, they want to cause a rift in the community. That's their plan. That's that that is definitely part of their plan to cause a rift amongst us. You know, uh, we're going to make sure that all lobby groups are going in the same direction. Uh, we've been in contact with all of them and uh, we uh, we're, we're working in this. We, we made we, we're going to make sure we're working in the same direction and we don't step on each other's toes. And uh, you know what? We're going to we're going to fight this thing. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing, too, we need to get more, we need to get more people involved. Uh, in this, you know, out of the two between the 2.2 and the 2.5 million licensed gun owners in Canada, only a small percentage of them uh, participate in any kind of lobby. Uh, you know, that, if we can get if we can get a, everybody involved that owns a firearm in Canada, that's going to be one of the biggest uh, voices that we can we can come up with. So, you know, I, I, I implore you to go out there and talk to your friends and neighbors and farmers and you know, whoever lives in the suburbs, in the city, you know, if they have firearms, you know, join one of the join a group and let, let's fight this. Another point here, uh, another uh, thing that they want to do here now is uh, create a similar situation that existed at the end of the last federal election campaign. There's going to be a lot of pressure put on the Conservative Party of Canada to either move off their firearms policies or support part of uh, these bills or these measures. And that was very effective in the last federal campaign, as everybody knows, uh, when the it looked like the uh, Liberals would lose government in 2021, uh, they trotted out the firearms issue again, hit the Conservatives very, very hard, hard on that. And the leader at that time, Aaron O'Toole, was forced to waffle, He uh, or chose to waffle. <coughs> He, he, he chose to uh, flip-flop on conservative policies, and he paid, paid the price for that at the polls. Uh, the uh, conservatives lost a large percentage of their vote to the PPC over this and other issues. They want to create a similar situation today. So uh, you have to uh, contact your conservative MPs, support them, offer your support, and uh Make it clear that you want them to stand up for the rights and freedoms of Canadians. You will not accept any any backpedaling on this issue. You want them to go forward and defeat this. They need that support. They need to hear from Canadians so that they, you know what? I don't think this is going to happen. This is a different party now. Mr. Polyev has very solid policies on this, but we need to support them to make sure that that uh, situation never happens again. You know, I guess so. There's some insight to um, the reason for you know, what they did. So I heard about this at SECU from a couple of the MPs and uh, it was implied in some of the Q&A that went on with the uh, the SMEs that showed up there. So the Liberals understand that their original um, OIC, the uh, of the military style assault ban OIC is flawed procedurally and administratively. And uh, it was open to uh, collapse at some kind of a, uh, a challenge. That is one of the primary reasons that they hoisted it into this. Okay, so what happens now is that instead of leaving the OIC to stand and maybe the liberal regime falling one day, that OIC can easily be uh, reversed by another OIC. But when it comes into Bill C-21 and it's put through legislature in legitimate terms and, uh, you know, it's passed into law, 
then you need to reverse or repeal that through the same process, which takes time again through consultation, you know, and uh, everything else. So there's, they, they understand that. So there's lots of time for them to push back, to obfuscate again, to filibuster, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one of the real reasons that they brought this OIC in, right? More disturbing, though, is what they've done with the primary definition of prohibited. You know, they've, you know, that's the G4 amendment, which basically says that anything that's, uh, you know, semi-automatic shotgun or uh, rifle that has a, you know, barrel, di barrel diameter of a certain size and, uh, you know, the gun itself is designed to receive, you know, a, uh, you know, a standard capacity magazine, you know, so that is leading up to what's coming next in the uh, the SECI committee, where they're actually going to define what a military-style assault rifle really is. This is going to be hilarious, right? Because it's going to be some made-up liberal thing again, and I'm sure the conservatives are going to pull their hair out and they'll be all over this. But once again, the SECI committee is stacked, you know, by the liberals. The chair is a liberal. The fix is in. This is going to happen. It'll go quickly to Parliament It'll be rubber stamped by the liberals and the, uh, you know, the, the you know, the, uh, the seals and the NDP, and uh, it'll go to Senate, hopefully. Wow. And we're already preparing for this, right? That the whole, you know, the Senate is the, the body of sober second thought. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, progressives over there that pretend to be independents, and they have their own ideological bent and bias as well, too. So I'm sure they're itching to rubber stamp this as well, too, to make it into law. But there's a lot of people over there that look at this from a rational point of view and have justice in mind and, and will challenge the, uh, the intended effect on crime control here. So there is hope there. But the real hope really is, even if it does become law, um, this government is hanging on by its fingernails to power. And as Rick and Blair have already said, we need to marshal our troops now. There there's, there's, looks like there may be an early election. Um, all the CPC EDAs out there, they're, they're having their AGMs now. They're reconstituting them. I recommend that all our members and all, all, uh, all gun owners out there get onto these boards and help these, these electoral district association prepare for the election and, and steer a course to victory because it is totally possible. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. uh, let, let me jump in here. So it, it's it's kind of interesting because you said that they're going to define a military style assault rifle. Like we've been asking them for two years. So I I'm <laughs> I can't wait to actually see their definition. Uh, let's pick let's pick away at this bill a little bit more. Um, yeah, just 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 to follow up on that before we start picking away the bill. It's nothing short of hilarious to watch them when uh, when the liberals were questioned about uh, military uh, d definitions definitions definition of a variant. Well, there isn't a definition of a variant. A definition of a military type assault rifle, you know, and the, the definition is, you know, something with a selector switch that'll fire a full automatic fire. How does that apply to this? Well, they didn't have an answer for that. It's, you know, they, they don't have the answers and, and they're famous for skating around. Uh, they're famous for skating around uh, uh, terms that aren't even defined. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's almost a comedy of errors to watch them sometimes on the other side. And, and there's yeah. and there's an attempt here to redefine those terms too. That's okay. exactly the point here. Yeah, yeah no. makes sense or be accurate, it'll be politically correct. Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, uh, and, and this goes uh, far beyond our borders as well. Well, uh, Canada redefined it, so we can do it now as uh, oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's why it's more important than ever that we defeat this, and we will defeat it. I mean, you know. Uh, we at the outset of this, we said, uh, you know, there's hope there. There, There is infinite hope because look at the state of Canada today. We have a liberal government that has been in since 2015. Uh, they have a steadily, uh, uh, well, frankly, I think everybody uh, on this panel and everybody uh, watching would probably agree that they have uh, destroyed us socially, economically and culturally. OK, I think there's broad uh, recognition of that out there. Uh, Justin Trudeau uh, got his miracle majority and uh, lost it in the following election, tried to retain it, and uh, was denied it again in the following election. So his political fortunes 
are falling. There's no question about it. Okay, uh, the conservatives uh, ran two federal elections with lackluster leaders who could not capture enough vote to form government, uh, uh, could not capture enough excitement, even in the conservative party to do so. Today, it's completely different. Uh, there was a paradigm shift in the party. There's a paradigm shift in Canadian politics. And we will do our part to make sure that plays out because it, it's not only this issue. Uh, as important as it is to us and probably as, as important as it is to uh, Canada as a nation, uh, I, I think it's important on so many other issues that, uh, that you know, the, the people watching they're affected by it as well. You're here uh, because you want to know what's going on in regards to firearms, but it's all our duty to make sure this government falls so that Canada can be rehabilitated. You know, I think I just want to double down on what you just said there to emphasize this point of opportunity. Uh, that last election, they didn't get a mandate. And that's why they, they made that marriage in hell, as Rick said, you know, with the NDP. You know, less than 30% of eligible vote, uh, voters out there cast a ballot Yes. The Liberals only they, they got they got in, but with the lowest popular vote in Canadian history. OK, so these are all telltale signs of a rotten situation for them. So now this is for us to lose. So if you're going to watch this from the sidelines, from the beer in your hand on the television, um, that's not going to help. We need everybody at the front now and all doing hands on work. If you can't do that, there's three. There's three things that we need to do here. There's treasure. If you can't, you know, be involved, then we need your money. You know, we need your talent if you can come in. And of course, we need your time. So let's do that. Absolutely. Before we get into Jordan's points, I know Jordan wants to pick this bill apart, and that's what we're going to do. Uh, you got to. You, you also have to understand that that the NDP is riding the red wave right now. The NDP have never had so much power in the federal government as they do now. You know, they've got this, this, these little two-bit uh, uh, things they're getting across. And, uh, you know, the, the NDP the NDP loves the position they're in, they're in right now. But unfortunately, I don't think the NDP voters love the position that, they're, uh, that their party's in right now. So I think that's going to come into play. Jordan? You know that's the case. Yeah. Right. So, so let's, let's get back, let's get back to this bill. And I, I really do want to pick some of the key points away from it that I, I feel that our membership and the people that, that watch us uh, should, should be, should know. Right. Um, so they actually put in there that they're going to, they're going to do this by OIC. So once this all goes through, it's OIC, but they did not set a date. So that means that they can hang this over top of us and use it at any time. And, uh, I believe it was Dane Lloyd that said, you know, okay, so this is a perfect setup. Let's, let's do it just before an election so you can use it as part of the election campaign uh the, the other thing i noticed too is there was no talk of a buyback in this one nope. right and and that's that makes me a little nervous right and seeing as they moved all the firearms from the first oic of may 1st into this amendment it's all one package now and they're not talking about a fire a buyback for our firearms. So, you know, it leaves me to think, and it would leave everybody to wonder, you know, are, are they even going to proceed with this buyback? Is this going to be a, you got 30 days, drop it off or, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you. Right. I, I don't know what you guys feel about that, but uh, you know, that's, that's a big question to be asking. Yeah, no, I mean, and the implications on the rights, freedoms, and, the, and especially the property rights of, of Canadians, because if that were uh, uh, to come to be, it would have imp implications on all different kinds of property as well. I, I, I think it is unconstitutional. I think it would, I know it would be challenged, okay? Because we still have courts in this country that are interested in those things. You can't just do something like this as government, especially with as much property as they're trying to address here, and just simply say, uh, turn it in, you're getting nothing, and you know uh, we're going to move on. Because uh, we do have rights, we do have freedoms, and we do have property rights, despite what some politicians, uh, parliamentarians, uh, you know, in you know, even judges think it, it has to be fought out in the courts and it will. There are real legal questions about what they're trying to do here in, in, in terms of uh, how people can own and enjoy uh, the, uh, the, you know, uh, you know, the uh, legitimate use and the economic potential of that property. So I don't think it's as easy as that. Just uh, 30 days, turn them in because where are you going to turn them in? This is a huge exactly. country. I was, just, I was just going to touch on that, Blair. Like what they have absolutely no infrastructure in place. 
to uh, to you know to to come and confiscate these firearms. And, you know, even if you if you put the buyout money aside, because this that kind of went away when they shifted this over, the the cost to the taxpayers is going to be astronomical. You know, just to just to put infrastructure. You know, uh, uh, somebody made a comment on there. Uh, imagine them trying to. Well, actually, it was Canadian Cutthroat made a comment. Can you imagine trying to confiscate SKSs? <laughs> Nobody has any idea how many SKSs are. You know that the SKSs are probably going to outnumber every firearm on on both sides of that list. So well, where do you start, right? Where, where where do you start? You start with the old long gun registry, okay? And we saw this with your uh, May twenty twenty OIC when they were trying to uh, basically float that this doesn't affect that many firearms, not that many owners, and it's not really a big deal. It won't cost that much. And uh, I think the uh, when they they said, well, we're we're going to add the Ruger Mini fourteen. Well, how many of those are in the country? And uh, they said there are 4,000 in Canada, 4,000 Ruger Mini 14s in Canada. And this is a firearm that has been imported as a non-restricted firearm uh, since 1972. Okay. So where did they get that figure? Okay. 4,000 Ruger Mini 14s. That's what were registered under the old long gun registry. And to the Liberal Party of Canada, because that was a magnificent uh, success, that is all there are. The other yeah. ones don't matter because if you didn't register, you're a criminal and you deserve whatever you get. So uh, as we know, there's probably 10 times that amount. OK, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's a very, very popular firearm, but that's the uh, methodology that they fall back on to try and justify these things. SKS rifles. There's just no way there's there's, there's no way. But I mean, uh, we're you know, how can they they confiscate them all? They can't. But the fact of the matter is, if they uh, give you an order to do something and uh, a deadline, and if you do not do it, it doesn't matter what it is. After the fact, you're a criminal, you know. <laughs> so the numbers That's, game, uh, uh, number, the numbers game is is entertaining, you know, for for politicians and people like us to sort of mull over. But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, it's not about compliance. It's not about actually achieving anything. Uh, it's about creating more criminals out of uh, formerly law-abiding Canadian gun owners. Well, yeah, I mean, but but but, Blair, but hold on, hold on, but 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 Blair, we're we're technically we're criminals already. We you are, know, it is against the law right. to be in possession of a firearm. That right. PAL is only your exemption to get out of jail free card. Yeah, so. no, we 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 are licensed. To, <laughs> yeah. We are licensed to commit the offense. Yes, yeah, right. I just want to get back to what Jordan said about uh, what was not in the proposed amendments. And yeah, there is no um, buyback that's mentioned there, but there's also no mention of grandfathering. But there's also no mention of a confiscation regime either, right? So what this actually means that it's just going to be illegal, like they did with the, you know, the extended Ruger mags way back yep. when. You know, you know, yep. oh, it's just illegal. Okay, but well, thank you. Next day they're illegal. Hanging. Anybody with a Ruger extended twenty-five round mag is a criminal. Yeah. The next day. So, but I mean that that's kind of the premise here. But I just want to get to the costing here now. So with this costing and this these extra um, firearms that are on here. Um, it's been costed by the conservatives to be someplace in the realm of $10 billion plus. Okay. And that I'm sure will double, you know, as the liberals get involved, if they are involved. Okay. But you know, the liberals are always saying, Oh yes, we're, you're, we're, they're you know, going after the, uh, the root causes of crime, you know, and the, <laughs> the urban situations and they're tightening up the borders and things like that. Just imagine what $10 million would do at the border in these, cities where you know there is socio socioeconomic problems right that are that are creating these scenarios and the environment for this kind of misuse of handguns and whatnot right yeah 10 billion dollars right so yeah, their yeah. their answer to that is drop mandatory minimum minimum sentences that's their answer to that yeah. you know drop the mandatory minimum sentences you know, which, you which, know they would they, they would never do that to firearms owners you know yeah. you know we're, we're gonna be held accountable <laughs> this, to every letter of the law but man if you're a gangbanger you're good to go because uh your sentence just got dropped got cut in half you, you, where, you can serve your sentence from home where are they going to get where are they going to get the money for this like canada is pretty much broke at this point where do, where are they going to find this kind of money well, they're not, and 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 this also exacerbates their problems with the provinces. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, a, a number of provinces have come out against this: Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, uh, New Brunswick, I believe, Yukon. The, the more will come on board 
do not hint, hint Ontario, we're waiting for you. Yeah, yeah you know, I, there's, Ontario, there's step something's going to happen you know, on Tuesday in Ontario. Government. I don't know what that is yet, but uh, we'll see what we're Yeah, Ontario, happens. step yeah. up, contact your provincial government and put pressure on them. But the fact of the matter is because you add more onto this, it's more of a burden. And uh, Ottawa needs the provinces to participate this if it were to go anywhere, right? Uh, it's very, very uh, logistically difficult, very, very expensive. And if the province is on, on board and willing to contribute uh, funds uh, and logistics to it, it makes it more possible. But I mean, it exacerbates the problem because those provinces have, provinces have, have already said, no, we do not support your agenda. We will not uh, participate in it. You're on your own. So, uh, you know, it, it just makes it more difficult for them. And it leads back to this idea of, you know, yeah, it's, it's completely, you know, out to lunch, but that doesn't matter. We'll do it now. We'll figure out how to do it later. Exactly. This whole pro get, this whole program get... this whole program is going to be something that it like if they stay in power it's just going to be extension of amnesty extension of amnesty they they really never thought this out like they they just pulled the trigger and said let's see where it well, lands and well Jordan you know what it's an it's a repeat of Bill C sixty eight okay yeah. that's exactly what they did back in the early nineteen nineties hey we got a great idea we're going to license all gun owners and register every firearm in Canada. Yeah. And how are you going to do this? Um, we'll let you know. Yeah. And the reason they could do it at that time was they had back-to-back -back majority governments. There was no opposition in Ottawa to stop this. They had back-to-back -back majority governments, and they had the luxury of doing that. Okay, we've got a bill. Uh, now we, you know, we're in power. Now we can figure out how to do it. And they had 13 years to figure out how to do it, and they couldn't even figure out how to do it. Uh, you know, a, a program like this that they're, they're proposing uh, to figure out how to do it, my estimation is they would need at least five to 10 years in government to oh, actually wow. make a stab at it, get that infrastructure, get a, a rolling program going to actually collect this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but if that's the point, if they stay in power, they, they can attempt that. I, you know, I, I, I think they're running out of time on this. Yeah, they, they've already spent millions of taxpayers' money trying to figure out how they're going to do this, and they, they, they haven't reached any kind of uh, any kind of conclusion on how they're going to do this. You know, they're, they're spending taxpayers' money day in and day out, but not, nothing, nothing's happening at the end. Didn't they? Didn't they hire IBM to do this consultation and set up yep. a program for them? And we haven't heard anything from them. It's almost like IBM said, "Hey, we're just quietly going to go away because what you guys want is just almost impossible, right?" Yeah, gave them a program, but I mean, could that program work? I don't know. We we've seen it, and it's pretty. I you know, it's pretty thin on on logistics. Okay, well, and and then they tried something with Canada Post, and Canada Post says, <laughs> uh, "Yeah, no, no, we're not going down that road, right? Like, no. it, it's just not going to work." So, yes, and, you know, like you, and, like you said, though, this is all about power and politics, and part of that is the theater. So yeah, you yeah. say things that you're going to do things. Doesn't matter whether or not you execute or not, right? It's the optics and whether or not your voters believe that you actually did something, right? So, yes, they gave it to IBM, right? Whether or not they do something, I'm sure. There's some IBM uh, contractors out there that are making a fortune, right? Um, and that's part of the, you know, the thing here with the uh, the situation. But, you know, that that's really what this is. It's not about public safety. This is not about crime control. This is about, you know, remaining in power, um, using it as an effective wedge issue to get power again. And ultimately, it's in line with, uh, you know, with, you know, some uh, minority people out there that do want to bring wholesale civil disarmament to Canada and I'm talking about, you know, their, their paid uh, 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 anti-gun orgs like Pauly and the Docks and Danford, Danforth. You know, they, they are being government funded, I believe. Um, they've hidden, you know, their financing through backdoor channels. But, you know, I've looked at their financing and they can't sustain what they're doing the way they're doing it with just volunteers. This is this is once again Wendy Tsukier version two, where they are self-funding themselves and pretending that it's third party independent um information that they're receiving from the so-called public no this is yeah. this is a scam yeah you know the liberals yeah. have no problem spending money all over the country with uh with no end game and that's part of the problem and that's part part of the reason they they shifted onto firearms because uh they're getting burnt on all this money they're spending for uh, to you know sharing with their friends with uh with absolutely no results no end game uh that uh, arrive can app classic example you know billions yeah. of dollars spent to their friends and all of a sudden bang 
what what's the end game? Well, it's gone now, but uh, the money's gone, and we can't yeah. account for it. And no. here's something we here's something we should not forget in this. You know, we're looking at the long term projection of this, and uh, you know the the possibilities involved in it. But uh, we have to remember that the people are going to be hurt by this in the short term. Okay, and we've already already seen this with May 2020 OIC, and we're seeing it with handgun freeze. The results of the May 2020 OIC, uh, although those uh, those guns are effectively. Uh, uh, is still in in legal possession by their owners. They're still covered by that uh, that amnesty. Um, at the start of the uh, OIC, what happens if you can't own the firearm anymore for any reason? Uh, you have to move. Um, you cannot you cannot store it anymore. At that point in time, people had to hand in the, those guns. Okay, yeah. there was no there was no measure to allow them. Uh, my God, there wasn't even any direction from provincial CFOs on how to move with a registered OIC firearm. We don't know. We don't know what to tell you. That's <laughs> that's how crazy they that that's how yeah. crazy this is. Yeah. I want to comply with the law. You need to tell me what I need to do to be uh, authorized to do this, and the authorization doesn't exist. It took them two years to come up with a, a, a method of authorizing people to move with registered OIC firearms, and also to allow them to store those firearms at alternative locations when they could not store them at their primary location. But still, people emigrate, they leave the country, that sort of thing. You can't transfer the firearm. What do you do with it? They had to hand it in. And that was all part of this. And the liberals knew that uh, people would be put in those situations. Guns would be uh, uh, would have to be turned in. Guns would be uh, uh, confiscated as part as a uh, part of in police investigations. Okay. Well, we've cleared you, but you, you, your license is under review, and you can't hold the registration for the firearm anymore. So we're just going to keep it. Those sort of things as well. Handgun freeze now, uh, and the biggest problem there is estates. What do you do when you're handling an estate with handguns in it? You cannot transfer it to an individual anymore. The liberals hope that uh, you contact some business and uh, contract them to export it to the United States or something like that. But that's not always possible. And, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you know, whatever compensation uh, you can, uh, you could possibly get for that handgun, uh, a common handgun in Canada would largely be eaten up by the fees in doing so. So again, what's the, what's the only alternative? Call the police, come pick it up. And that's happening too. So people are losing guns right now because of the, you know, the, just the horrific uh, lack of respect of the, of the rights, freedoms and property of Canadians. And, you know, the amazing cluster situation yeah. created by the OICs. And right. you know what? They don't care. It was all designed. Uh, but we have to remember that. And uh, as this go, goes forward, that will continue. So, I mean, we're going to have to come up with ways of addressing that. And, and, uh, Bla and Blair, Blair, you know what makes me sick is they're keeping statistics on how many people already have turned in their guns for the reasons that you've said. Yeah. And later on down the road, they're going to say firearms owners are complying and they're going to use those statistics against us, right? They're not going to say, hey, well, you know, everybody had left the country or we had people die and these firearms got turned in. They're just going to give us a number like we, already 20 or 30% have been turned we, in. We, we are not going <laughs> to let them. We have been down you know, this road. We went down this road with uh, the gun registry where they tried to use statistics in that way. And we have the real statistics, okay? So whatever cockamamie numbers that they come up with, because it is, uh, at this point, it is very, very low levels of guns, people based, you know, based on people's circumstances. It's not the broadest number of guns in Canada, certainly not that uh, they want to achieve. We're ready for that. Yeah, we are. This is... Um you know, I just want to sort of bring this point in because it's interesting. You know, we've been watching this for a long time. And, you know, the liberal, liberals are very clever at being um, dishonest, right? So, and um, <laughs> they're, they're good. That's, they're really good. that's putting it mildly, Charles. <laughs> well, you know what? They, you know, they, and they've got a lot of practice, right? So it's disingenuous, unethical, immoral. You know, I totally get it, but it works. Okay. So, you know, and we've and all through history, we've got all kinds of examples of stuff like this, like, you know, Nazi German, you know, the, you know, Hitler supposedly burned down the Reichstag so that he could take power. Okay. So this is, something, yeah, this is something <laughs> like that. Right. So, you know, at the beginning of, of Trudeau, you know, he said that, oh, well, you know, we were looking at st doing stricter gun controls. Well, what happened? All the people out there that had guns bought more guns, bought more ammunition. Right. Yeah. Then they yeah. threatened even more stuff. So they bought even more guns and more ammunition. And then right. they justified their measures by saying that, well, there's been such an increase in the purchase of, of guns in Canada that now we have to act. Well, yeah. 
Who, who started yeah, this? yeah let, let's, let's ban imports now because we are, every time we open our mouths, people are buying guns. So we got to stop the imports right now. We have to stop yes, the imports. Yes, right but now. they manufactured yeah. that rush, yeah. right? Yeah. They always talk about the end game, but not what precipitated the situation, right? Well, exactly. they're, they're not all, 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 you know, the sharpest pencils in the box either. They're not. Okay. Believe me. Uh, especially the uh, those that are ideologically motivated oh, and yeah. interested in in gun control, they they really don't know what they're doing. And frankly, I'm I you know I I, I got to say it. I I think they have just uh, uh, contributed to their ultimate demise as a government. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this stuff, it's not going to get them any votes. Uh, they've already got all the anti-gun votes. We know what they're trying to do. Uh, maybe they can force the conservatives off their 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 pro. Farms law reform policies. I don't think they can do that. No. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, as a program, and in 1995, the liberals were definitely committed to running uh, their uh, gun registry program to its ultimate conclusion. I mean, it was a different political time, but they were fully invested in this. Um, today, it, 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 they really don't have the time. They didn't plan this well. It's poorly conceived. And uh, there, there's no way to yeah. implement this in a, an effective manner in the time that they have left. You can't you know, use firearms as a wedge issue in three elections in a row. People are going to catch on. And we have. Yeah. You know, I just want to double down on that as well, too. So um, just so people, you know, they, if they don't recognize it for what, the, what it is, this is the Australian model version, too. Okay. So they did the same thing there. And we all know we've, you know, we. You know, we have, we've got the studies that it was is abject failure. Actually, firearms ownership went up. Crime was unaffected, right? But, um, right. you know, the I think the point that needs to be highlighted in that particular bad experience is that um, they also did it incrementally because it was a good political wedge issue again, right? So, yes, they went after the semi-automatics and things like that. But then when that fizzled out and another cycle came along, what did they do? They went after lever action and pump action, yeah. right? So, and then when that fizzles out and they're still in power and if it still works, then they'll go after the bolt action, right? So this is, you know, this is, this is the, the end game. So if you're sitting there, you know, in your, your lodge someplace right now and holding on to your 1965 270 pump or, or uh, semi-automatic uh, Remington right now and saying that they'll never come from my gun, well, they have, okay? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so actually, with that, that you're, you're sitting in your moose, you're sitting on your moose stand with your uh, yes. with your 300 wind magnum with a with a with a telescopic sight on it, and all of a sudden, oh, the next you wake up the next day, next thing you know, it's a sniper rifle, and they're coming for that. Too. Yeah. So you know, the whole yeah. point is here is that they're coming for everybody. Okay. Yeah. You know, they yes. tried to separate us. A lot of people believed that they ran into their closets with their you know mom and pop shotguns or whatever it is. Not going to save anybody. Everybody needs to come to the forefront. And, and a lot of a, a lot of people woke up to this uh, as a result of uh, the long gun registry, C sixty eight. Everybody knows once you put a registration beside something, they're going to come get it eventually. And uh, which is why it was so important to uh, 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 defeat that uh, law. We did defeat part of it. We need to defeat the rest of it. But the fact of the matter, and and don't forget this, okay? As part of the OIC uh, effort. The liberals went back and called all the information out of the old long gun registry. Yes, as we all know, they still have that data. And they sent letters to everybody who held a registration for one of these things prior to 2012. We have information that you held a re registration for this firearm prior to 2012. If you are still in possession of it, here's what's happened. So yeah. it, 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 it comes back to revisit. And that's why this organization made such an effort to, to have uh, the, uh, the government at the time, the uh, Harper Conservative government, destroy that data. Okay, that's the important thing. If the data does not exist, it cannot be used. And we worked like hell to get that government to do it. Add it to the bill, Bill C-19, which eventually passed. The registrar was directed to destroy the data. However, it was secured by other departments of the government and uh, delivered to uh, the province of Quebec to construct their registry. And uh, and uh, by, the, by the time uh, we got onto that, change of government the liberals are in power and of course they don't care they're going to continue to uh they're going to continue to uh, uh uh run their program and if they have that data it's going to make it a lot more effective yeah but then again you know we're talking about a two 2012 list uh, you know uh, 
How many how many times have those firearms changed hands? You know, it, you know they 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 is a starting point, but in, in my opinion, it's an obsolete list. Yeah, uh, no, it, it's absolutely yeah. obsolete. But there are yeah. people out there, uh, you know, good law-abiding Canadian, just con- regular Canadians who want to yeah. be law-abiding. And that's the problem. I mean, all this is directed at people who have tried to be law-abiding, want to be law-abiding, and the idea is to frighten them into actually surrendering the gun. I mean, you know, what, you know this is a legal order. Yes. You know, this is this is a legal advisement. And if you don't do it, most Canadians are, are, are pretty uh, respectful of law. And even if they get a tiny fracture of them, a uh, fraction of those firearms, hey, it's another gun into the smelter, yeah. right? The, the talk amongst the, minion, the minions is that if they get 20% of these firearms, they're, they're going to be a static. that's what that's what the talk is you know that's what we've been hearing so i want to i want to roll i want to roll back real quick though because i want to point out how silly this new list is uh we were talking you know charles you were talking about uh you were talking about the the remington and rick you know the other gun there if you're going to the range tomorrow and you're taking your 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 young one your nephew your son or daughter out to the range and you're taking your gsg 16 it's a rimfire 22 that is on the list and you know, Miss Damoff said, you know, we're banning weapons of war, weapons that were meant for the battlefield. Please, somebody tell me what army or what military service is going to use a GSG 16 in a war, a Rimfire 22. Please, yeah. somebody tell me. I'm yeah. please. Well, it it yeah. looks like something scary, and that's what they're doing, right? Yeah, which is yeah. not the way to, to do this. It's not the gun anyway, but. Blair, you, you, you said a great point. I just want to backtrack to that, you know, about, you know, the licensing, the registration, everything else. So, yeah. you know, in 1995, you know, a lot of people begrudgingly, um, you know, kind of accepted the licensing and all this other stuff, right? Because yeah. it seemed to be fair. We could still do our stuff, you know, and we could still operate and have fun, right? Well, now we can't do anything. So why do I even want a license anymore? Yeah, no, uh, you know the amount, and that's 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 the heartbreaking part of this. This further undermines respect for the law. Yep. Okay, a C sixty eight definitely did. All right, a, a lot of people. That was the sentiment at the time as well, and it 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 uh, fortunately it it went into a groundswell of a movement to remove the liberals and replace them with a, a real conservative party. Uh, but all this does is uh, undermine respect for the law because the people are going. I've done everything I had to do to comply with the laws in order to uh, continue to enjoy and, and use my property. And this is the result. You're going, you're going to confiscate it from me. Uh, yeah. What, what, what happened to my country? This is the respect for my rights, freedoms and property. And of course the liberals will go, well, yeah, yes it is. You know, it could, it could create it, a, it could create another, it could, could create another black market, you know, uh, you know, black market uh, I use a Benelli M4 for an example. Uh, you know, a, a fellow has a M4. He gets uh, he gets a, a diagnosis from a doctor that he's a terminal, and uh, you know he wants to look at his gun is worth nothing because it's a, it's a prohibited. So uh, a Benelli M4, which sells for twenty five hundred and ninety five dollars uh, from a, from a gun shop, is probably worth eight thousand dollars on the street. So uh, you're on your way out anyway. Uh, you, you you want to look after your family. All those firearms that you had in your safe, you thought maybe would be sold by your family members to make their life better. And all of a sudden, here I am with this firearm that isn't worth anything. What am I going to do? You know, th- yeah. that scenario has to pop up. Like there has, you know, they're, they're, they're creating another, uh, you know, uh, another uh, black market to make legal law-abiding firearms, uh, you know, resort to things that they would never do if this, none of this stuff was ever in place. By, you know, by design. I design. Yeah, and history yeah. repeats itself again. Let's just talk about prohibition, okay? So 100 years ago, the U.S., you know, inanely decided that no booze for you. So what happened? You know, the <laughs> Canadians stepped up and the Mexicans stepped up and they supplied the demand for the thirsty Americans. Yeah. So when you do the, you know, when you do that kind of a thing, especially in North America, when you have these mass, you know, these massive borders that we can't defend, Ultimately, yes, organized crime is going to expand, you know, to meet the uh, the consumer demand for this, and the black market will definitely be alive. But the real bad thing about this, and this always happens, and it's happening right now in in our urban centers with all this gang warfare, right, is that um, there is more um, criminal violence as a result of them trying to protect their illicit markets. So you know, they're not making us safer; 
they're they're creating a situation where it will become even more dangerous. You know what? Uh, I, and I address this whenever I talk to politicians about this issue, the issue of the criminal misuse of firearms, uh, which is uh, principally fueled uh, by smuggling of firearms into this country. Uh, from the United States, we still have the uh, longest undefended border in 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 the world, and uh, and and deservedly so, right? You know, righteously so. I mean, we, you know, our our two countries are. Uh, our, our, our friends uh, are, you know, uh, you know, are their their family, okay? And there is no reason to militarize militarize that border. Uh, border. Uh, see, uh, border Canadian Border Services does an excellent job with the resources that they have. Okay, there is no dereliction of duty. There is no nobody's falling on down on the job trying to keep illegal guns out of Canada. They do the best they can with what they have. Could they use more? They could probably always use more. But I I don't see a problem at the border in terms of trying to interdict. Uh, the smuggling of illegal firearms. And whenever I talk to politicians, this is what I say to them, okay? These are the facts. What's missing from this equation here? And they're going, well, we need to put more money in the border services and they, you know, have high, you know, more, uh, you know, stiffer offense, uh, stiffer offenses uh, for doing these things. And I go, no, 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 that's, that, that's all good. And that's, that's been done in the past. It's going on now. But what's missing from from this equation? And they say, well, uh, what? And I say, it's the demand for illegal firearms. As long as that demand is there, it's going to be served. And the criminal element will always find ways to get them to satisfy into Canada to satisfy that demand. Okay. Um, Look, I mean, today, uh, use of firearm a criminal offense is, is not that serious an offense. They, they like to say that it is, you know, we're, we take this very seriously. But come on, look at the, uh, you know, the shootings in the streets in our major centers. Uh, you know, look at the uh, light sentences that those, those offenders get for doing that. You know, yeah. the, uh, the importance of firearms in, in, in gang and criminal culture today. It wasn't the case uh, uh, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago in Canada used again an offense that was a big deal and you did hard time for it in Canada not anymore uh, the, the gun charge <laughs> is the first the, the, the gun charge is the first charge that is dropped you plead to the murder we'll drop the gun charge you know that sort of thing and, and that's a real problem as long as that demand exists it's going to be served you make you make the uh, the penalties for offenses of the, of the violent use of a firearm so serious. And you make it known that we do take it seriously and no, we're not going to plead that away. And that's going to go away. They will find other means of committing their crimes, probably nonviolent. Okay. Because if I can't stick a gun in, in your face or bust a bunch of caps at my rival gang members, because I don't want to do the time, that's going to reduce the demand for, 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 for firearms, uh, yeah. illegal smuggled firearms. And that's what's missing from the equation today. Yeah. All right. Now, I mean, for for just regular Canadians who 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 can't get the firearms uh, that they want to, you know, it it does create a black market. And I, it's sad to say, and I, I I know all of us talk to you know gun owners all across Canada every day, and we've been doing this for years. So so we we've got our fingers on the on the pulse of what's going on in our community, and. You know, I've heard this too. It's like I've done everything I've had to do to be law-abiding, and they're still coming from my property. Why am I doing this, Blair? Why Why do I hold a firearms license? Why do I? Why am I uh, observant of the act and its regulations? Why do I try to comply with this every, every time they, you know, they change the rules? Uh, every time they uh, they make it impossible for me to uh, continue to enjoy the the use and 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 uh, economic potential of my property. Why do I continue to do this? The, the criminals aren't affected by that. They're, they're not affected by any of these uh, restrictions in terms of licensing or registration or authorizations to transport and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, they're bad people and they do bad things to other Canadians. I'm not that, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm, gen I'm a good guy. I want to be good to my fellow Canadians. I, I, I want to respect their rights and property. But when, when it comes to my, my rights, my culture, and my property, the government of Canada is not allowing me to do that. Why, why, should, I con why should I continue? to be uh why should i continue down this road of, of being law-abiding because they've just taken advantage of me and uh at, at that point uh you've created uh, uh a very very bad situation in regards to a uh a culture of contempt for laws and reg uh, regulations 
And yeah. the liberals have been doing this uh, forever, certainly since 1995 with Bill C-68. Uh, yes, we've had political uh, uh, we've had political successes. I mean, the election of Stephen Harper. Uh, did a lot of good. We ended the long gun uh, registry. We made amendments to other regulations to the Farms Act. Everything was not fixed. Uh, they did not go as far as they needed to go, but we had political victories. And I would remind people that we will continue to have those political victories in Ottawa. We can restore uh, respect for, uh, for, for the law. We can uh, reform laws so that they do respect the rights and property of Canadians. Okay. So I, I, you know, and, and, and sometimes this works and sometimes this doesn't because there's a lot of people out there, especially right now making decisions. And it's, it's, it's heartbreaking in a lot of cases to hear, you know, people who have given up on, on, uh, you know, classic Canadian concepts of right and wrong. Okay. You know, if you're going to make me uh, the bad guy, you're going to make me the evil one. I guess that's just who I am now. And that's what I'm going to be. And now I'm outside of these systems. You know, I'm not a violent person. I'm not somebody uh, who's going to commit crimes or or violence or anything like that. But you have pushed me out. Okay, I'm out now. I'm done. I'm out. Certainly, this was done under Bill C-68 and it's being done today. And I think uh, politicians, regulators and law enforcement have to understand that okay yeah. this you are you are forcing canadians in, in, into this corner and uh until we get uh really positive farms law reforms that that, that restore some of those concepts um that's the way it's going to be and it's wrong yep yeah it's you know, wrong. And, they, and they know that blair i mean you know i'm not going to mention who said it but uh you know law-abiding farm owners are law-abiding until they're not right huh. now the everybody everybody knows who said that yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna, i'm not going to go down there again but you know the yeah. you know there there is a, a superficial understanding of that okay fine you know you, even if you're a licensed person you're subject to you know um misbehavior or evil okay i get that so you won't be constrained by a license yeah. or the law but, but, but is is that how the firearms community is judged no it 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 shall yeah. not be judged that way no but here's the here's the real rub on this and you alluded to that already is that they keep moving the goalposts away from us. We yes. we try. We're running to try to catch up, and I can't make it right. So, no. like I said, why why do I even bother with a license anymore? I've already been criminalized. I've been demonized. You know, I I'm you know I'm treated unjustly in you know in the courts. You know, with the reverse onus, um, cost me a fortune to get my 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 innocence back, even when I'm innocent. Right, I'm falsely accused under these laws. You know, we are being persecuted like any other politically targeted minority group out there. This is not Canada anymore, right? This has to stop. I know it. It's a great thing for the liberals to churn on to get votes and everything else, but the liberals out there need to understand that there's a lot of people out there who, like you said, are losing their private property. You know, we're being treated as a second-class citizen, right? This is not North Korea yet. Okay, so let's wake up everybody, not just the conservatives and the liberals and NDP. Let's take our country back. These values and principles that made this country great have been stomped on by this cabal, right? And they need to be held to account, and they'll only do that if there's a groundswell of of grassroots people out there who say, enough is enough, we're taking our freedoms back. Yeah, you know the NFA is going to continue to fight uh, fight these laws within the law. That's our that's our that's our mandate, and we're going to keep doing that, and we're not going to give up. So you know, it just uh, you know that's what that's why we're getting these words out to you. You know, we're throwing a bunch of scenarios out there. Uh, you know, it just uh, it, it's it's endless when you hear this stuff, and it changes every day. You know, uh, you know uh, this this law changes, this law changes. You know, it, 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 it's it's an endless it's an endless feed from the liberals to. Uh, you know, try to uh, try to defeat us in every way they can. So, okay, so we, we should probably give everybody listening our, our path forward here and, and what we plan on doing, right? Uh, I mean, without letting some of our stuff out of the <laughs> out of the hat here. 
But, you know, like for those that think, hey, you know, the, the gun lobbies are just kind of sitting tight or whatever. No, no, we're, we're continu- continually working. You have to understand that, you know, like they dropped all this and it's you know, on a Friday, on a th- Thursday or Friday, it's yeah. not going to be repealed on Monday. It just it's not going to happen that fast. Uh, you also have to remember that we're still in, in the uh, the, the, the committee Infancy stage. Of this thing. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're still in the committee stage, right? So yeah. we still have to, we still have to go back to the house for third reading and then it's still got to go to the, to the Senate. So it's, Still, there's lots of time here, which gives us a lot of time in our legal department to overlook all this and see what we can find and where we can go at this. So, yeah. you know, there's going to be lots of stuff in the future. It's this is not, um, you know, everybody saw the list. This list is not final. I mean, you know, and on top of that, they're going to add more to it. But this doesn't mean that it's actually going to go through. Yes, the liberals do have the numbers in in the House. But they're, you know, the law is the law, the, you know, the Bill of Rights, the uh, Charter of Rights, you know, yes. there's a lot of other, you know, checks and balances. And from what I understand, when I was watching uh, the other day at the SEC, you and, you know, Charles, you were there, you know, when they were asked, did you even look over the Bill of Rights? You know, they hide behind, oh, there's privilege. We can't tell you, you know, we, they hide behind this. But yeah. basically what that tells me is. Uh oh, we didn't do that. So let's just say, you know, privilege and, and they're going to go back to do this. And, you know, we've seen this with the government. They, they, they pull the trigger and then they say, well, we'll figure it out afterwards. And, you know, May 1st is a prime example. They pulled that trigger and then now we're still, we're stuck here, uh, still trying to figure out what they're, you know, what they're going to do. And and I'm sure they're running around trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do. So don't, don't, don't give up. My message is to everybody. Don't give up uh, your hope. You know, I oh, see God. a lot of people saying, hey, I'm moving to the States. Now, you know what? You can move to the States, but, you know, if you've been paying any attention to their politics, they're going after a semi-automatic ban, too. You know, Biden yeah. is not uh, pro-gun. So, you know, you might take all that time, uh, spend all that money, go yeah. through the whole process to move there for, what, three days, and then then you're in the same boat that you're here? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you can't you know, run away from this. No, no let's no. let's stay in Canada and fight. Join that yeah. organization. Help us fight. Get out there. Get vocal. Uh, you know, start writing these MPs. A lot of people say too the the writing is useless. No, it's not. Let's show them because if we don't do anything, then they're going to think, well, they just don't care. So let's let it roll. A- no, a- absolutely. Yeah. You know? And and you know what that's going on right now, yeah. and I know it's going to care. our people after after so many years of being politically uh, in, in, involved in this issue. Our people know what to do. There are new people who have come on board recently who may have not had the opportunity uh, to be politically active. Now's the time. You need to get involved and uh, uh, join join uh, your conservative party EDA. Write letters to your MPMLA. Yeah. Let them know that you're opposed to this. Uh, yeah. So. I, I, we're in a we're in a good place to defeat this now, but we need your help. Be rest assured, the NFA is working behind the scenes on this uh, very, very intensely right now. We're not going to let the cat out of the bag because we don't want to give them any kind of ammunition. But I can assure you that we're on this, and uh, you know what? Uh, since this started, basically all all four of us and the rest of our rest of our people are are running on one or two hours of sleep. You know, we've been <laughs> formulating some stuff. We've been. Uh, Trying to figure out some state we've been working with our legal teams, so uh, be rest assured that we're we're on this. You know, Jordan, and, and- I just want to get back to what you said about um, these amendments, right? So whether or not they did any kind of review or whatever it is. Okay, so just so people out there understand this, this legislative bureaucratic policy driven process. Okay, so the government of the day has the privilege of making a law through policy, so they'll they'll invent something, right? And what they'll do is they'll they'll punt that down to their bureaucracy, to their experts, right, to to craft some kind of a law. So when I was at SECU, I talked at length with uh, some of the SME witnesses there from public service or public safety, and uh, they explained that situation to me outright. You know, but they made it clear actually in their testimony that they're not the ones that are coming up with this stuff, right? It's Trudeau and his little gang of, you know, anti-gun people over there. They've come up, they've conjured up some kind of an idea, and then they give it to these pure bureaucrats who are basically employees and, you know, have to do the bidding of their master, and they do, right? So they admitted that these new, these new amendments have not been costed. They have not been tested in terms of, uh, you know, efficacy in terms of anything, really, you know, gun, you know uh, crime control, whatever it is. Letter of the law. Yeah, it hasn't been tested constitutionally, right? 
So these are things that were just slid in, right, without any kind of background, you know, at it at haste, which which once again, you know, bodes well to our the rumors that are out there. The elections coming, they want to ram around all this stuff through. So, you know, but once again, you know, that is the system. So don't blame the bureaucrats so much. Although, you know, I I did pose this question. I go, so if uh, Justin Trudeau asks you to do something even immoral, you know, that has been done in, in the history in the past, he goes, what would you do, right? And goes, well, I am an employee and I would, you know, I would do my job as efficiently as I could, you know, and, but the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, how does that rest with your conscience, right? I mean, there's been a trust hey, history that have liberal been- conscience. Uh, I don't think those two words uh, fit in the same sentence there. Charles. Second, second, second world war, uh, Japanese Canadians sent to, uh, sent, uh, sent to camps. Yes. Disenfranchised their civil rights. That's yep. right. You know, hundred yep. percent. There, yep. there it is. Yep. So yep. history repeats itself. Let's learn from it and let's stop this nonsense. We will. Yeah. Yeah. If there is election, get out and vote. We need to make some big changes here. All right. So uh, I, I guess, you know, we've uh, we've gone on a little over an hour now. Uh, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. We'll, we definitely, this, this, this topic is not done. Um, one final thought, you know, for the Liberal Party who are watching us, they, they do watch us. We, we, we know that. Uh, just one quick message. Firearms owners this time are united. Right. And we are not going to give up and we are not going to go easy. So be prepared for the fight. We are united. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. This has been another episode of NFA Talk, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of NFA Talk. Like and follow the NFA on social media and sign up to become a member. 